Hello and welcome to another episode of Other Record Labels. I'm your host, Scott Orr. Thank you so much uh, for joining in while we talk about the art and culture of running an indie record label. I want to talk about something, and this will be a quick one, but I want to talk about something that stood out to me in my recent interview with Mike Park of Asian Man Records. Asian Man Records has been around since 1996, and I think, <laughs> and... Um, don't quote me on that. But, you know, what's what's cool about this label is they are a, a, a cult uh, phenomenon. A lot of people really love this label. There's some diehard fans who have every release and, you know, will always pick up what they release. And so it was a real privilege to talk to Mike. And... Um, and he was he was a really cool dude and he he does things a little bit different and i did this interview with him many many months ago this was a delayed release it was scheduled and and i but i did it a long time ago and something stood out to me um immediately I, I, in in the interview and it's something i want to talk about today with regard to artist expectations um and this stood out to me and this is something that um, I have hung on to, and I've really loved, and I was really surprised when Mike said this, and I want to kind of break it down as my takeaway from this episode. If you haven't yet already, you can go back and listen to it. It's our interview with Mike at Asian Man Records. You can get that as well as all of our previous episodes um, at otherrecordlabels.com, where we also have um, some free resources for independent record labels and DIY artists, including a resource on artwork, which is new and our free guide for indie record labels. You can get those at otherrecordlabels.com. If you remember in the episode, um, I was asking Mike about marketing and promotion. And I mean, this is a label that's been around for a long time and been quite successful and and launched the the careers of some, some pretty well-known bands. And when I asked him what marketing he does for a record, he said nothing. He said he doesn't do anything but he's very clear to tell the artists up front that he doesn't do anything. And he's he said that he will talk to them on the phone and say that he loves the music and he's going to release it in these this format or whatever. And here's where the records are going to go and when it'll be released. Um, but the PR side of things and the marketing, he will tell them up front, I don't do this. He tells them on the phone. You remember this from the interview. He tells them on the phone and then he will um, follow up an email and remind them of what he said so there's no confusion later on. I thought this was really interesting. Not the fact that he doesn't do marketing. That that thing, uh, you know, uh, we might disagree on that. And I know a lot of, of our listeners will disagree on that. And there's nothing wrong with marketing. That's not what I want to talk about. What I want to talk about is um, laying out, outlining what it is you do as a label for the artist, the services that you provide, but more importantly, the services you don't provide and sharing those upfront with the artist before you sign them, before you sign any contracts or have any sort of verbal or handshake agreements before you get too far along in the release process um, to say upfront, here's what I can do, but more importantly, here's what I can't do or what I won't do for an artist or for a release. Not only saying that up front, but putting it in an email so that they know and they don't forget. And I'll tell you this, when we talk about artist expectations, in the 10 years that I've been running my label, I have the, the I can think of two times where I've experienced conflict with an artist. And it's always been about expectations. My expectations 
were different from their expectations. Who was wrong? Who was right? Well, it depends on who you ask. But the reality is, is nobody was wrong. Nobody's right because my expectations were different from their expectations. And everything's going along smoothly until you hit that point where my expectations go off in a different direction and theirs go off in a different direction. And so I think um, this is something that's really important and it's something that I'm going to do moving forward. And I was inspired by what Mike said about outlining right away. And so here's what I would do. Moving forward, I would talk about this in person. And if you talk about this before you sign a deal, before you enter into an agreement, not too late in the process, then there's no hard feelings. You can just say, hey, listen, if you're interested in working with this label or releasing a record through me, I want to say a few things first about the things that I can't do and, and, a, and a few of the things that I won't do and get those out of the way. And I feel like you're going to have a much smoother process than if you were to try to introduce these things uh, months into or years into the artist label relationship. I think that can get really hairy. And so here's what I think you should do. Um, I think you should state your can't do's. So these are areas that you know nothing about, or these are areas that um, labels don't normally uh, handle. There's actually a, a lot of misconception. A lot of artists who aren't familiar with how record labels work will come into the picture and say, I want, uh, I expect the label to, to book me tours, or I expect the label to, um, help with my gear for shows or to, to plan a set list, or I expect the label to, um, handle my, my Twitter account. There are things that labels don't normally do and it differs across the board. There's some labels that do handle touring. There's some labels that don't. Um, but it's important to say, these are the things that our label does for artists. And, and these are the things that we just can't do. We don't have the resources. We don't have the expertise. The second thing I think is important to outline is to state your won't do state the things that you won't do, even if you could do. And again, this kind of, you might be thinking, well, why would I want to highlight all of my limitations as a label? I know if you were meeting with an artist, it might be tempting like a first date to talk yourself up and to, um, say that there's all these high aspirations and ambitions that you could do to help this label or to help this artist and their release. But I think that might come back to bite you. Um, and and again, when I look back over the years, there's been a lot of times, sorry, not a lot of times, but there's been times where conflict has come up and it's because the artist expected me to do something that I never said I was going to do, or perhaps I implied that I was going to do it, but I wasn't clear that it wasn't my area of expertise. And so I think it's important to state the areas in the music industry that you're not passionate about things that you aren't good at um, things that don't fit in with the mission statement of your label. These are all things. And I mean, you can pause for a second and think about the things that you're just not great at. And we're going to go into this a little bit deeper um, in an upcoming interview with a, a label that I know a lot of you um, respect and admire. Um, but we're going to break this down even more in a future episode. But I think it's important to to state the things that you can't do, your limitations, and to state the things that you won't do. And then to put those in an email. 
And again, this isn't really like talking bad about yourself or being self-deprecating at all. It's really just saying, listen, these are my limitations as a one-person operation or a two-person operation. Um, and to kind of say, do you have any questions? What are your expectations of the label? And, and for you as a label to say, yes, that's something that I will do or no, that's something I won't do. And Mike said, after having this conversation on the phone, he put the notes in an email just so that there was a, um, a record of this conversation so that if conflict does come up in, in months or years from now, you can go back to that email and say, Hey, listen, we talked about this at the beginning. Now I want to end this with something positive. I think it's also good to state the things that you hope to do as a label areas where you are strong areas where you have seen success before areas where you are passionate about. There are things at my label, you know, I've said this before, I'm not hugely passionate about shows or live music. It's not something I do. It's not something I enjoy. Um, I know tons of people who are really passionate about it, who find it really important. Um, but for me, I'm more of a studio person. I'm, I enjoy the interaction online. I enjoy pursuing playlists. Um, you know, those are areas that I'm passionate about. That's something that I will tell an artist right up front and saying that, if you're focused on your live show or your gear or your set list, that's great because I'm really focused on how we can reach an audience online. I'm really focused on artwork and how we can make um, the, the music appealing through visuals. And so it's really important to not only say the things that you can't do or the things that you won't do, but to also share the things that you hope to do. Um, I think you'll find that to... Uh, help prevent conflicts down the road. I hope you find this helpful. Um, this is just a little bit something from my personal experiences. Um, but to hear Mike from Asian man, you know, a label that's been around for, um, you know, what's that like 24 years. Um, that's a, an incredible thing. And it, there was a little bit of comedy about it, you know, and again, I don't think it's a, a great thing to say, you're not going to do any marketing, but if marketing isn't your area of expertise, if that's not where you're passionate about or not good at, then there's no harm in saying, I'm not going to do that. I can't do that. And so I thought that was really, really interesting that Mike said that. And I'm, I'm not kidding you. That stood out to me. It's something I think about quite often um, over the past few months since I did the interview. If you haven't yet, please check out that interview with Asian Man Records. Um, thank you so much for being a subscriber. Uh, you can leave a review in iTunes. You'd be amazed at how helpful that is. If you have any questions or comments, you can email me at podcast at otherrecordlabels.com and visit our website, otherrecordlabels.com, for some resources. Thanks so much for listening.